know I'm not a hockey expert. Rockford's GM, Mark Bernard, is on the bench. Why is Mark Bernard on the bench? As many of you know, I was an enforcer for the Rockford Ice Hockey. Stand proud, Rockford! You have a hockey champion! Hello and welcome to episode number two of Hog Talk. We are here on the precipice of the 2023-2024 season, looking out over the proverbial ledge and ready to jump. If this season is a movie, we are undoubtedly at the scene in the cinematic masterpiece Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where Harrison Ford is at the lion's head, ready to take a leap of faith out into the great beyond. That is where we find ourselves here in the middle of 2023 training camp with the Rockford Ice Hogs. We have a packed show for you here on episode two of Hog Talk. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We have some what ifs, we have a bold prediction, and we have a preseason game tonight. Uh, we're recording this here on Monday, but it's running on Wednesday. And so if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we have a preseason game tonight at Riverview Ice House uh, here locally in town, but not at the BMO Center. It's at the Ice House. Just a reminder in case you are one of the attendees, of which there will be several, and we know because we're just about out of tickets. In fact, by the time that you're listening to this, uh, tickets might already be sold out for this preseason game. We're expecting about, oh, say 600 or so at Riverview to cheer on the Rockford Ice Hogs and the Iowa Wild in some preseason uh, action. $9 million in renovations at Riverview uh, has been done to the facility to allow the Ice Hogs to play this game. Uh, those are all upgrades that you're probably not going to see when you first walk in, kind of like what we were saying back in Episode 1. These upgrades are more structural. They are beneath the surface of the ice, so to speak, uh, but they were necessary. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, on Wednesday night uh, or tonight, again, if you're listening as this comes out. Ice Hawks have another game against Iowa, another preseason game on Friday, October 6th. That's at Wells Fargo Arena. So two matchups in the preseason against Iowa. And uh, we hope to see many of you out uh, on tonight or tonight at, uh, at Riverview. Should be jam-packed, should be loud, I'm assuming, uh, inside because, uh, again, with a few hundred people cheering on the Ice Hogs, it's not a huge venue, and um, it could get uh, it could get pretty ruckus as well. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor and uh, like the video and subscribe to our channel if you're not as if you're not already. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on podcasts, please subscribe as well, and don't be afraid to to leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Want to give a quick shout out to all of our friends up in. Quebec, who have tuned in and tuned in for episode one. We know there's a handful of you up there in the French-speaking province. Uh, so we say bonjour and uh, bienvenue. And that's about as much French as I retained in my five years in junior high and, and high school. But we know there was a few of you uh, tuning in up there. And we know about uh, a couple hundred of you or so took a bite out of episode one on podcast and on YouTube when we released it and got Hog Talk underway. So we're very thankful that you guys have decided to, to join us for the ride here throughout the season. And we look forward to bringing you these episodes every couple of weeks or so. We might have a bonus episode uh, thrown in throughout the season as well. Um, but thank you for every or to everyone who's tuned in thus far. Like I said, we're in the middle of Ice Hogs training camp right now. And we have some updates. One of those updates is a lot of guys aren't here yet. We're recording this on Monday. We're expecting some more guys to be sent down um, after we record this tonight and probably over the next couple of days. But there's really only been a couple waves of guys from Blackhawks training camp um, that have come down so far. Earlier on Monday morning, uh, we had a, a group of five come in, Ryder Rolston, Louis Crevier, Ethan Del Mastro, 
uh, Drew Camesso among them, along with Philip Roos as well in that most recent group of five. Uh, but the first day of, of training camp here in Rockford was pretty scant. We had a lot of guys uh, on tryouts here. We only had about 18 or so on the ice. Um, and so we're, we're definitely going to have a lot more over the next couple of days. Really interesting to see how some of these storylines play out uh, with some of the new faces at training camp that we hadn't seen before. You look at guys like uh, Bryce Kendop, who signed an AHL deal this summer. Bit of a change of pace, change of scenery for him. Uh, struggled a little bit last year in San, or San Diego, a team that was, was dreadful. Uh, but he was kind of one of the victims of that situation. Now he gets a, a change of pace here in Rockford. Uh, he could be up and down between Rockford and Indy, but hoping here in training camp to make an impression. Josh Maniscalco, a guy who was on an NHL contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins, big, smooth skating defenseman uh, that can run the top power play very well at the ECHL level. What can he do at the AHL with Rockford uh, remains to be seen. Ross McDougall, a guy coming out of a Canadian college. Uh, he actually played, um, well, he, that was Kyle Maximovich. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Ross McDougall came out of Canadian college, like I was saying. Don't really know much about him at a professional level, but if I can skip ahead to that next name on my list, Kyle Maximovich, he did play in Rockford four games all the way back in the 2017-2018 season. Uh, played a little bit with Indy last year, six points uh, in 10 games. Another guy that we don't know a ton about, save what we saw from him about five years ago and then what we saw out of him in Indy. Uh, and then, like we said, Del Mastro, Allen, uh, Antti Sorella, guys who have been sent down from Blackhawks training camp. Those no doubt will be difference makers here with Rockford. Uh, as we record this right now, David Gus, Brett Sini, uh, still up with the Blackhawks, along with guys like Colton Dock, who's trying to make an uh, NHL roster spot as well. So uh, how things play out will be very interesting, and who comes down remains yet to be seen, as they still have a few preseason games yet to go for the Blackhawks. And while we're on the subject of preseason, we are through three Blackhawks preseason games as we're recording this right now. Uh, started out with a 2-1 to win in overtime over St. Louis. Connor Bedard with a couple of assists uh, in that game. And then uh, the Blackhawks lost in preseason action on the road in Minnesota, 3-2. to And then they lost uh, the next night uh, on, uh, on Monday, or Sunday night, I should say, 6-1 to in Detroit. Those two road games, you see a lot of ice hogs. That's what typically happens in the preseason. A lot of times the home team will be playing more of their guys, more of their top guns. And then the road team, you'll see more of the prospects. You'll see um, some of the guys that are further down the depth chart. And they just do that so that some of the veterans don't have to travel as much, basically. And it's less wear and tear on some of those top guys early in the year. But what have we learned so far in Blackhawks preseason? Well, Lucas Reichel looks really strong so far. He has use that speed that we've come to know and love him for in Rockford, and he's been using it at the NHL level at the end of last year and now here in preseason as well. Distributing well, playing with Philip Kurashev and Andreas Athanasiu. That certainly looks like those three could be penciled in at, as the second line for the Blackhawks. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser looks pretty strong on the back line for the Blackhawks. Young guy coming out of college, played a little bit with Chicago last year, very versatile, a guy who can play on the power play, can play on the penalty kill as well. Different situations, not afraid to play on his offside, which means you can maneuver him wherever you want in your lineup, basically. And uh, it looks like it's going to be hard to keep him out of a um, Chicago roster spot. 
another thing that we've picked up is to watch out for Louis Crevier's shot this year. The big 6'8 defenseman was originally a 2027th round pick by the Blackhawks, kind of taken on as, as a project. Anybody with that size uh, is interesting, but he's shown that uh, he's more than just a big guy. He can skate pretty well. Didn't have any goals in 62 games with, uh, with Rockford last year. Played pretty consistently with the Ice Hogs, but he scored himself a goal in the prospect tournament with Chicago. He also has scored a preseason goal. He had the lone tally in the 6-1 loss against Detroit. Now, again, these games don't count, but I have a hard time believing that uh, Louis Crevier will be kept off the goal sheet again uh, in Season 2 for him. Kind of talked to him in the hallway a couple days ago, and uh, he, he mentioned that he's not going another season without scoring a goal. So uh, that's something to watch out for as well this year. Uh, kind of some negative news. A couple preseason games back, uh, Sam Savoy uh, had a really scary leg injury going into the boards. Weren't sure if we were going to see him in Rockford this year. It's pretty likely that he was maybe going to go back to junior, but uh, he ended up fracturing his femur uh, all the way through. And uh, pr pretty scary stuff for for Sam Savoy, a guy that I had a chance to interview during prospect camp. Awesome kid, uh, always plays with a smile and, and plays hard too, but a, a scary injury in that preseason game a couple nights ago against Minnesota. And uh, he did undergo successful surgery. That's the positive news, but we're not gonna see him uh, over these next couple months. And uh, there was a, a preseason game uh, last night, if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, against Detroit. We're recording before this, so apologies for no analysis on that one. But the next preseason game uh, is coming up on Thursday when the Minnesota Wild come to town. So the Blackhawks have a backloaded preseason schedule. Arvid Soderblom's intensity before a game is scary. I've been down at ice level getting you know social media stuff and, and things like that before Arvid leads everybody onto the ice. And when he is getting locked in, it is like watching a 6'3 Swedish Darth Vader with his black pads uh, getting ready to do battle because he is uh, as dialed in and as focused as you will see anybody before a game. And you come to expect that from a professional athlete, but when you see it in person, uh, it is still impressive nonetheless. We also got to see Jackson Stauber and Drew Camesso. Uh, and then, like I said, Drew Camesso uh, earlier on Monday was announced that he was going to be making his way down to Rockford. So uh, the BU product, former second round pick by the Blackhawks, will have a chance to uh, really own the net, it looks like, here in Rockford uh, as he tries to compete for a spot in Chicago as well. Another fascinating point to watch is the fringe of this Blackhawks lineup because there's a bunch of guys that are on the bubble um, with all the roster flux that has happened this past offseason for the Blackhawks. You think of all the additions that Chicago's had in their forward lines. You bring in a Connor Bedard, who seems like he is going to be center one for the Blackhawks. You also bring in veterans like Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, Ryan Donato. Uh, you, you think of a guy like uh, Lucas Reichel staying up with the Blackhawks throughout the season. Cole Gutman potentially carving out a roster spot for himself. And once you do the math, there's about seven forwards that have been brought in by the Ice Hawks or by the Blackhawks that have a chance to be regulars up there. And that means that even though you lose a guy like Max Domi, you lose Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, there's still going to be a few roster spots that are cut out of the group that we saw last year. So what does this mean for a guy like 
like Reese Johnson, who, who's been battling for a spot with the Blackhawks. Mackenzie Entwistle maybe is a little more solidified. Um, but then Boris Kachuk, Colin Blackwell, Joey Anderson, a guy who was in, um, in Rockford for a couple of games last year and for the playoff push. Will we see any of those guys? I think it's more than likely that we see at least a handful um, of that group of five that I just mentioned right there. Now, who that is, again, remains to be seen, and we'll uh, keep an eye on that. And, and we're excited whoever comes down, they'll definitely be trying to get back to the NHL, but we'll be glad to have them in the interim. Uh, but that's something that could boost Rockford as well. We mentioned earlier that we had a what if and a bold prediction. and. Again, if you guys have uh, a bold prediction or a question or, or maybe a what if, a, a scenario you'd like to pose, please email me. Uh, my email's up on the screen. Uh, don't be afraid to DM me on Twitter as well, but send those in so that we can get them on the air here and, and we can address them in our programming. And we have some good ones coming out of the gate. I asked last episode and you guys delivered. We have a what if Lisa from Rockton comes in with just a fiery what if right off the bat. And this is great stuff, Lisa. So thank you for sending it in and thank you for adding your location as well. Uh, but Lisa's what if, what if Lucas Reichel is the Blackhawks leading scorer in the 2023-2024 season? Hmm. I think a lot of people at first blush might hear that and think, you know, no chance. You know, that's not going to happen. Okay. Well, Lisa thinks it might happen. That's why she added it in our what if. And I don't think Lisa is posing a totally ludicrous question here. And I, I think we have to look at a couple different situations here, or a couple different aspects of the situation when we're addressing if Lucas Reichel could be the leading scorer for the Blackhawks this season. First part is we have to examine Lucas Reichel the player. Lucas Reichel the player seems like he could be a staple with the Blackhawks this season. That's step number one, right? He has to be with Chicago for the whole year. It certainly seems like that could be the case uh, based off what we're able to see so far at, uh, at Blackhawks training camp. And, and, you know, I'm not speaking for the organization or, or operations, obviously, uh, just off of observation and what other people are saying outside the organization. seems like Lucas Reichel could be in that second center position behind Connor Bedard. Reichel's been playing with, with Kurashev and with Athanasiu in, um, in training camp, played with uh, Phil Kurashev really well at the end of last season. If you remember at the end of last season, Reichel came up to Chicago and had 15 points in 23 games. They're trying to play him at the center position and continue to develop him at that spot. He's been working on his face-offs over the offseason. He brings speed to the lineup. He is excellent with the puck. I think what they wanted to develop for Reichel last year was uh, the defensive side of his game a little bit more, but also how he responded within a game to adversity that he was facing. How do we bounce back the next shift? That's something that Andrew Sorensen uh, and the Ice Hawks were trying to address here in Rockford and that they were trying to address in Chicago as well. Can Lucas Reichel, the player, be the leading scorer for the Blackhawks next year? It seems like he is going to have he has the talent to do so, but I think we also have to look at Lucas Reichel the situation for next year. If he is indeed in that second center spot, then he's going to be playing top six minutes, and there's certainly a chance for any of the players in the top six to be the leading scorer on a team any given year for any team. But you also have to look at what happened last year 
with the Blackhawks. Who was the leading scorer? It was Max Domi, who wasn't with the team for the last, last couple months. And, and he didn't exactly light it on fire either. He had a good season uh, and a great player. But um, I think around 50 points, 49 points, we have it on the screen now. Could Lucas Reichel score that many points to be the leading scorer for this year's club? Well, if we took the 15 points that Reichel scored in 23 games last year, extrapolated out, that comes to about 54, 55 points over the course of an 82-game NHL schedule. So, yes, on a you know, statistical basis, Lucas Reichel could surpass that Domi mark from last year. Now, the other part of the situation is things have changed with the Blackhawks. You have a guy named Connor Bedard and former number one overall pick, former Hart Trophy winner in Taylor Hall that Reichel would have to compete with. And there, I think, is probably the rub of this, of this what if. I think that might be the hang-up, is that Reichel would have to outscore Hall and Bedard. And what are the odds that he does that? You know, maybe he does. I don't think people would be totally shocked, but I think the odds are that one of those two, you know, Hall, a more established player, and Bedard, you know, this extremely highly touted prospect, would maybe best him in those in, in those two lanes. But again, we'll have to see. But I think if you look at Reichel the player and Reichel the situation, I think both are there. The path is there for it to potentially happen. Um, will it happen? I don't know. It's a what if. That's the greatest part about this segment is that these go unanswered until after the season then we can uh, go back into the file and uh, and see Lisa if if uh, Reichel was indeed the Blackhawks leading scorer uh, but a great start a great start to the what if segment here uh, we also have a bold prediction segment and this one we were not trying to fan the flames of any ill will with this segment but Doug and Byron has come off the top ropes and done exactly that and the I-90 rivalry has always been a strong one and Doug is trying to potentially I don't want to speak for Doug it feels though Doug as if you may be trying to um, incite something here and that's not what we try to do on this program but I'm gonna read this bold prediction anyway from Doug and Byron Doug says his bold prediction for the year, the Ice Hogs will have double-digit wins against the Chicago Wolves this season. Now, Doug, it is far, far be it for us to give the Wolves any locker room material. <laughs> That's what this feels like here. Um, that bold prediction, that is not speaking for the Rockford Ice Hogs organization. Just got to put that boilerplate on there. Um, but that is, that is the bold prediction from one of, uh, one of the Ice Hogs fans. Double-digit wins against anybody is tough. Chicago plays Rockford 12 times this year. Double-digit wins, that means Rockford would have to win 10 of 12. That's hard to do in any sport. That's hard to do in hockey against anybody. Best team versus worst team doesn't matter. And it feels like, Doug, that you might be insinuating that Chicago, the Wolves, are either really bad or Rockford is just really good or maybe both. And it feels like that's what would have to happen to win 10 of 12. That, that's hard to do by chance, just by the, the bounce of the puck, if you will. Now, remember, everybody, that Chicago, the Wolves, they're going without an NHL affiliate this season. Uh, and so they are not focused on development. They are focused on winning. 
Now what that means from an on-ice product perspective is that the Wolves are probably not going to have a player like Lucas Reichel. They're not going to have a player like Alex Vlasic. They're not going to have these, these high-end draft picks that are spending time developing their full game in the minors before making the jump to the NHL. More than likely, the Wolves aren't going to have those players. They're going to have guys who have been in the AHL for a couple of years uh, who are looking to either win or earn themselves an, a or an NHL contract. Now, don't take this... You would, you'd be mistaken if you believe that the Chicago Wolves are just going to roll out a bunch of rejects, and that's not the case at all. Dalton, uh, Keith Kincaid uh, was signed by Chicago. He's a guy who's played almost 200 NHL games, uh, and he signed an AHL deal with the Wolves to, to play for them. Peter Abandonado had a breakout year with Laval last year. We saw him firsthand here in Rockford. Uh, fast, very offensively skilled player. He's going to be one of their headliners. They also have um, a, a big D back there in Austin Strand, who's been in the NHL in each of the last three seasons. So they're, they're going to have some good players, and they're going to have a lot of guys who have um, experience at the pro level, whereas Rockford is probably going to be a bit of a younger team this year, uh, just based off of what the prospect pipeline looks, right, look like, looks like right now for the, for the Blackhawks. Let me remind you, last year, Chicago won 7 of 12 against Rockford. Two years ago, when the Wolves won the Calder Cup, Rockford won 8 of 12. Rockford played very well against the Wolves and only won 8 of 12. It was two year, or three years ago in kind of the awkward COVID year, 2020-2021, when the Wolves were, were most dominant within recent memory. They were 8 of 11 in terms of wins against the Ice Hawks. And and even that is two wins short of that double-digit win total. This feels like it would, it would be extremely unlikely to happen. Um, one team winning 10 or more against the other in a 12-game series. And also consider this. A lot of these matchups are coming at awkward schedule spots because Chicago and Rockford are so close. They're almost never playing. They, well, they never play back-to-back. And they only play on the same weekend once, I believe. It's the last, one of the last weekends of the year. Uh, they go Friday, Sunday. And so it's not as if, you know, Rockford could catch Chicago in a bad spot where they're down a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys are hurt, and sweep a two- or three-game weekend against the Wolves. No, you're, you have to play them 12 times in these standalone games, basically. Doug, I, I'm just not sure that, um, that, I, that I'm behind your bold prediction there winning 10 of 12. I would love to see it happen as an Ice Hogs representative, um, but that would take a lot. That would take a lot. We appreciate the bold prediction, though, and we certainly uh, encourage uh, more. Again, like we said earlier, if you have bold predictions uh, or questions, anything that you want to get on this show, anything that you want addressed, please uh, hit me up, as they say, and we will um, we'll address it. was able to address a couple questions uh, in my email inbox as well, so uh, love the discourse that we've been having so far with our audience. Um, and with that, we haven't even mentioned our guest yet. We have Zach Jordan on the show. Zach, a guy who uh, was traded here to Rockford in the middle of last year and signed an AHL contract uh, with the Ice Hawks this offseason. Great to talk with him. Just a good old Midwestern boy from Southern Illinois, just outside of the, the St. Louis area. And he's hoping to find some consistency this year here uh, in the Blackhawks organization. Great guy to talk to. Um, one, of the, one of the joys of the locker room. 
physically imposing. We're sitting here at these at these desk chairs, and you, you can't get a feel for it if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, but he he is a full like six three, built like a linebacker. I think was his quote in uh, in our interview. Uh, but a great a great chat with him, and uh, we don't want to waste any more time. So let's get right to it. Here's Zach Jordan. And I'm now joined by Ice Hogs forward Zach Jordan back for another tour of duty. <laughs> Zach, uh, glad to have you back in the organization and. Uh, yeah, excited to get this thing going. How's uh, how's training camp been so far? You know, it's been going well here. Just excited to be back and excited to get things going, like you said. You know, first couple of days, obviously get a couple, get the uh, rust off a bit, get the ice going again, and uh, get up and down. But it's been good. Excited to be back and to see all the boys again. We're starting to get more and more guys kind of trickle in here to, uh, to training camp. What's that like over the course of a week when you start out with, you know, one group and then by the end everybody's back down from the NHL and stuff like that? You know, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like yesterday, like we said, that we had, I think, 13 guys on the ice. Today we had uh, close to 20 and seeing some of those faces from last year show back up like Tepley and all that, it's just nice to see them. And, you know, it's great having everybody out here and really get things rolling again. Are you in the Are you in the fifty nine car again this yep, year? Yep, back in the fifty nine car again. Oh, okay, was yep. that a training camp number from before, or what's that number from? No, honestly, when I got traded here last year, they gave it to me, and I'm just—I mean, I didn't really feel like switching it. You know, <laughs> kind of had a good little run, kind of establishing myself here last year, so I just want to stick with it. Well, now it's your number, uh, fifty nine. Um, we're gonna go everywhere here in, in this this chat here, but uh, appreciate you taking the time. You're a St. Louis guy, yeah. Yep. I mean, what's the town officially? So I say St. Louis. I'm from Southern Illinois, like very southern tip of Illinois. So Collinsville, Illinois is where I'm initially from. But you say Illinois most of the time, people assume Chicago, but I'm 25 minutes from downtown St. Louis. Is that that suburbs of St. Louis, basically? You could kind of consider a suburb, but just across the state line. So not too bad. So did that make you a Blues fan growing up? Yeah, I was a Blues fan growing up. I I was at the Cup Parade when they won. And then since then, since Tiernan Pro, I still kind of watch the playoffs, but if the Blackhawks get in, well, maybe we'll see. But (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed to be a Blues fan here. It's it's, it's okay. Um, But like you grew up going to games and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it was was a blast. Like I was lucky enough, my parents were able to take me to a couple games and get to experience that. And I think actually one of the last big games I remember going to was a playoff game between the Blackhawks and Blues, double overtime and Patty Kane scored the game winner as I was sitting two rows off the ice. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit of a little bit of a crazy one, but it was really exciting to get yeah. to be there for it. Well, and, and there's been a lot that's been made of all the alumni that stick in the St. Louis area from the Blues and, yeah. and now there's been, you know, kids that are coming out of, uh, you know, St. Louis making it to the NHL and, and, and things like that. Uh, making it to, to the AHL, right? <laughs> like, when you go back, or do you go back for the summer? And if so, like, are you skating with a bunch of guys from that area? What's that like? Yeah, no, luckily, like, St. Louis, like you said, all, all the alumni, or not all, but a lot of the alumni like to stick around. They have a good alumni network for them there. They just built a new practice rink for, like, the, for, for the Blues, but all the alumni have, like, their little room and everything. So Everyone's got a key to yeah, the, to the yeah, door. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> got their own little key. But, uh, no, it's been great. Like, they've really grown the game of hockey. Uh, I mean, I think it was a couple of years back, the 97 or 98 draft year, they had five first rounders come out of St. Louis all, all in one year. So I think that really helped boom things. And now we have one of those TPH schools there that I got, I've gotten to work at it and then get to skate there every now and again. So the hockey community in St. Louis has really been growing a lot and it's exciting to see. Is that cool for you, like, to be a part of that? I, I mean, it feels like you're part of this generation that uh, has kind of made St. Louis a hockey hub. It's been really cool to see just how much growth there's been and how many more kids are playing. And 
there's heck in the past three four years we've gotten two new rinks four ice sheets combined between the two or five ice sheets combined between the two of them so the population's been growing and it's just it's great to be be able to get back and work with the kids too and help them and try to show them some of the earth give them some of the knowledge that I've learned yeah. throughout my journey. <laughs> now, one guy that we both know, Tyler Parks, who's in the Edmonton organization as a goaltender, he, he's a St. Louis guy yep. as well, a yep. little older than you. One thing that's funny about Parksy is that he has just the like most blatant Canadian accent that you could possibly have. I mean, he sounds like he's from Sudbury, right? Yep. But like you've hung on to yours. So is there a difference in like hometown, like where he's from versus where you're from, where like you hang on to your roots a little bit more than, than him? Uh, I think he just he's just a little bit more of a follower with it. Just likes to throw in the accent when we'll he can. We'll send him this clip. <laughs> no, but no, part, talk about a guy that's really been through the, been through the battles. Heck, he started in the SP, now in the, yeah went through the coast, and now he's getting to go to his first NHL camp at 31 years old. So happy for that guy, though, too. Uh, along with him, like, are you able to name drop any other guys that you skate with uh, over the summer? Yeah, so I'm lucky I get to skate with, uh, like, NHL-wise, Trent Frederick gets to come back, uh, Chad Ruedel from Pittsburgh, Dakota Mermis, who's up and down between Minnesota oh, and Iowa. familiar, yeah. yeah. You're definitely familiar <laughs> with him. And then, uh, but there's some other guys that filter in, some European players. Ryan McKinnis plays over in the DEL. Uh, Chase Berger was in the DEL a couple years back, or last season. Now he's in Slovakia, I believe. But yeah, we have a pretty good group. The tough part with St. Louis right now is some guys, some guys come home, and then other guys kind of find their other places to go. Or like Clayton Keller stays in Arizona, right. which can't blame him when you're living down there, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, overall, it's a really good group, and everybody tries to bring a little bit different, something different to the table too. So it's nice. Well, you're a guy who's uh, in the last couple of years been on several different teams. You're on what four different teams? Last year? Last year, yeah. I mean, what's it been like for you bouncing around like that? Uh, and then what's it like now re-signing in a place and, and hoping to have some stability here in Rockford? You know, yeah, like last year Last year was definitely a little crazy. The trade that ended up bringing me here definitely came out of nowhere. And luckily I was only on one team for two games and then up here. But, uh, no, it's been, it was good. A little bit of a chaotic ride, but I was happy to end up here. And like I said, I was really happy to sign back and – like you said, bring some stability and hopefully stay in one place. <laughs> Having repped a couple teams, I'm curious, what's the weirdest promo that you, the weirdest promo jersey you've ever put on? There was one I played with in uh, Kalamazoo. We had to wear the Buddy the Elf jersey. Okay. So we had full yellow socks, didn't have the pant covers, and then the green elf jersey, which was let alone the socks didn't fit me either, so my socks are falling down the whole game. You get that a lot with those promo jerseys, right, well, though? Like they, something yeah. comes in a different size, yeah. gets messed up. The socks come in, and they're about this long before you even try to <laughs> put it on. But, you know, there's definitely been some interesting ones. Actually, last year in Jacksonville, we had the uh, the Dumb and Dumber, the suits that they oh, wore. Oh, you were part of that. Yeah, so we had the baby blue ones at least. Nice. Yeah, yeah the orange I, ones were pretty rough. Yeah. Who, who they put in that, Greenville or? Uh, Savannah. Okay. Yeah, I actually have that jersey at home now. My parents made sure to buy that one. Really? Yeah. Okay. That was a, I mean, as much of a goof as it was, it was pretty funny too. <laughs> are, are you a Jim Carrey guy? I just love all those funny movies okay. from back. Dumb and Dumber, like Tommy Boy. Girl, I grew up on that type oh, man, of stuff. Oh, man, you just hit two of the classics yeah, right there. right there, yeah. Billy yeah. Madison, like all those. Like, Did you do any skits for that, like, you know, whacking each other with canes? or? No, the, I think we could have or... honestly done a little bit more with it. But, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing about 15 promotional jerseys at times, yeah. you think, it feels like. So, so they had to limit it a little bit. You and I have both spent some time in the ECHL's South Division. <laughs> What's it like playing – 
in that division where you're traveling to Fort Myers, yeah. Orlando, places like that in January and February? You know, the, the weather definitely makes it a little bit better. I think uh, as a player, you have to find that mental focus to be able to not get distracted sure, by it yeah. all. But if you can find that balance, it is pretty nice when you walk out of the rink and it's 75 and sunny. Right. And it's January. <laughs> you talk about finding that balance. Was it hard ever to like like maintain that edge when yeah you're you're so comfortable yeah. there? I think the biggest thing was you know you're going to be at the rink for two to three hours a day. Have your focus for the two to three hours, and then afterwards you know you can relax and enjoy your environment. Yeah. And I found that you get your work done, and then you can go heck you can go play nine. You can go <laughs> lay out by the beach. There's a lot of things yeah. you can do, but I mean, and it helps you take care of your body. You're more mentally clear. I thought. But you definitely had to fight, be able to dial in for those couple hours at the rink every and, day. And that sunshine makes a difference, too. Like, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. And I'm a cold-weather guy. Yeah. But, like, just having that sunshine, get, getting that, that UV, like, that'll totally change your mood over oh, the yeah. course of, of a few months there. Yeah. No, living and playing hockey in Florida, there's definitely a reason why a lot of guys want to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever get into – you mentioned playing nine. Or did you get into golf? Did you get into, like, fishing or anything down there? So or? I definitely got into – definitely played a lot more golf than I normally did yeah. just with – I mean, here it's pretty hard to say no, and you could book and book nine holes. You show up and go play, and they know you by your first name at the clubhouse. Oh. They're telling you good luck, even like though you're you the one that took the divots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they know I'm playing, doing that, but <laughs> I try to repair those as much as I can. But mm -hmm. it's uh, definitely grew my game a little bit, but still just like to have fun with it overall. One guy who we're going to interview tomorrow, uh, Kale Howarth. Guys have been saying he's the he's the stick of the team. He's yeah. the best golfer. Is that true? I mean, look at him. He's 6'5". He puts it all behind the ball, too. <laughs> well, really... You're a big cat. I mean, like, how far are you swinging it? Uh, if I can one out about every five or six, it'll go 3, 320. Oh, but yeah. The, the other five, you don't know where they're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just play the other fairway, <laughs> but, right? Yeah, yeah I might, it, link style helps me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, having played a bunch of different places, too, I'm, I'm curious, along with the promo jerseys, what's, what's the worst thing that a fan has ever said to you? You know what, actually down it, it was our second game down in Jacksonville last year, and we had a fan sitting behind our bench the entire game, tapping a quarter right behind oh, our bench. He didn't diabolical. even need to say anything. He was just tapping a quarter. So every time you'd get back off the bench and you're sitting there, it, he would always try to time it out as a coach is like trying to tell you something. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. So not, maybe well, not necessarily saying something. And you know that's something. like a season ticket holder yeah. doing that every game, yeah. right? Yeah, so and then like it wasn't something he said, it was more just like, come on, man, just leave it alone after a while. Yeah. But that was one that was just more annoying than anything. I did have an older lady give me a double bird at one point and that was just like he just had to laugh at it it was it was interesting but you know you just have to laugh at it <laughs> seeing a sweet old lady in the stands and all of a sudden yeah you're getting the the double middles yeah double birds it's kind of kind of interesting what were but, you like dash three that night or something or no it was a good no it was an opposing fan i was having a good game oh. but <laughs> had one and one i think or something but yeah. she wasn't too happy with me okay um you know, having played a couple different leagues here uh, in North America, you also played in Hungary, is yep. that right? So yep. it was a Slovakian league, or a Slovak league, yeah. but you played in Hungary. How did that all work? So during that COVID year when everything was kind of shut down here and we were waiting on we were waiting on when the season was going to start, we were having meetings. I was lucky enough, my coach that I played for in uh, Des Moines in the USHL, he was over there. Um, he said he had a spot for me. I could go over. It's, it just to be able to play, it was great, and Columbus was great to work with during that time. That's, I was signed with Cleveland, and they said, yeah, go ahead, get over there. And I was able to play, I think it was 17 games, 
and it was great. I mean, granted, it was tough going over and not really truly getting to experience Europe mm. with all the COVID shutdowns, but it was nice to be able to get over there, have some new experience, some new cultures, yeah. and it was nice to just play some hockey again. Have too, you been the over there time. before? No, that was my first time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it a little eye-opening? It was. It was definitely more eye-opening just with like you didn't know what was normal over there and with going through the pandemic at the time there was just different rules and regulations but i, I really enjoyed it over there I, it was great getting to meet some of the guys and different mm. people and try some new food too yeah, yeah. i was trying to do a little bit of research on, on the, the town you were in what, what was it called miskolk m-i-s i think it was k-o-l-c or something okay and definitely a much smaller little town it's about yeah. i think it was like 45 minutes to an hour away from budapest Okay. And it was definitely, it was di very different living. Like you had the p tall apartment buildings with like the yellow stained glass windows, which is. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> well, a little, little different, but. Uh, Could you feel like a, like a, like a Russian or Soviet influence over there or, or not yes, as much? Yes, very much so. Really? Yeah. It felt like they had just gotten their country back almost. Wow. Yeah. Like it felt like they were still trying to redo everything a little bit. Yeah. And what's crazy, like I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb just appearance wise. Like, Are you taller uh, than everyone over there? Or? Maybe not necessarily taller. They had some taller people, but just the lighter, like lighter hair, maybe sure. like a little bit more just pasty white instead <laughs> yeah. of like the olivish skin tone. Right. So like I still, I didn't like, I had a beard going, so I had, the, and it's a ginger beard. Not oh, many people have yeah, ginger that's beards a, that's over literally there. Literally a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had a couple looks from that as I'm walking around with a big red yeah, beard. Like, what's this Scott doing out here? Yeah, or something like <laughs> yeah, that, right. But, uh, but I mean, 17 games, what was the hockey like over there? It was good. You know, like, they definitely have a different pace. What was really weird about that league, all the ice sheets were different sizes. So we had some NHL ice sizes. I love it. We had hybrid between NHL and Olympic. And then there was one rink over there in Bratislava. It felt like you were skating on a lake. It just was huge. Like, it felt way bigger than Olympic almost. Yeah. But that, that was just, uh, like, it was cool getting to see, like, the different rinks and stuff. and. Mm -hmm. Like those fans are crazy over there too. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know there are some places in Europe that it basically looks like a Premier League soccer yeah. game. They when, have the chance. Is it the same one? Yeah, chance and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. Was your league one of the ones where the leading scorer wears the, the golden helmet? No, I wish. Because oh, I man. saw, the, I think that's in the, uh, I heard, actually, I'm just, we were talking about it before this, but uh, the Chicklets, they yeah. had Heischer on. I think they do that in the NLA okay. with the Swiss League. I think okay. it's even they have jersey and helmet that are both different like jersey. They, yeah, that'd be a nightmare for the equipment guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're probably not too happy about that. Yeah, one. they're like rooting for they're, they're like Dolan guys steal so they don't uh, yeah. you know like nobody takes take the over the top spot right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was it like really physical? Like were guys because I know you were doing that to kind of like stay in shape and yeah. stuff right? Like during COVID. Were you trying to like work on parts of your game or were you more just trying to like stay in shape and stuff? It was stay in shape and like, I mean, here, I came from college. So I had played against some like 24, 25 year olds, yeah. but it was nice getting over there playing against older guys. Yeah. At that point, there were, there were other guys from North America that went over there too to help like to fill teams and then get games in as well. So playing against those guys, they had some more skill and it was just a different place or play style overall, I felt yeah. like. So kind of just having to adapt to that and learn and just opening your mind to different things I felt like was really good for me yeah uh, you mentioned playing in college at Nebraska Omaha yep was that a choice based on like it's I mean, it's in the Midwest it's a little closer to home right it's not like BC or yeah. something like that like did that have a factor or was it just more the right fit or it definitely like 
being only six and a half hours away from like my home, it was definitely a little bit of a factor. Some of the other schools I had visited were way out in the Northeast, and yeah. I knew it would be hard for my family to be able to get out. <laughs> and I am a bit, like my family is important to me. It's nice to see or important to see them and all that. So mm-hmm. that was a big fit or big thing. But then with Omaha being in the NCHC, it's one of the best. It, I'll say it's the best conference in college hockey. Yeah, Just, there you go. And you're playing against good, great talent every weekend. So that was definitely a big draw for me there as well. Yeah. What happened your sophomore season? Went from, uh, was it two points to 28, I think <laughs> yeah. I had in my notes? Like, yeah. is that when you, like, found the weight room for the first time? Or, or, or what happened? I, I, with the weight room, I've always been in the weight room. Okay, but, all right, well, sorry. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, but, no, it was just uh, my freshman year I came in. I probably could have used one more year of juniors. Um, I came in and I was honestly, I was built like a linebacker. I was five or 5% body fat, 220 pounds. Yeah. It looked great, but I just couldn't move as well. So it definitely just took a little bit of adjusting. And then we had a coaching, uh, coaching change and the new coach, like I had worked, he was our assistant my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time working with him and just, he kind of helped build my confidence and then mm-hmm. kind of got a chance and ran with it. So. so it was more of a skating and mobility change you yeah. think, for you? Yeah, definitely something like, I was already big and strong enough. I just had to be able to use the strength. Yeah. I was always a step behind. Couldn't use it all, so <laughs> didn't really mean anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. What um, like were you always big and strong in juniors and stuff too, or where did that come from? So I'm not gonna. My yeah, my dad's a my dad's a pretty big boy as well. Six three two. I mean now he's two forty, but uh, he definitely instilled me at a younger age, just like the gym and working trying to just work hard and that's one thing you can control so that was one thing I always just enjoyed doing too and I'm not gonna lie I just enjoy the work or enjoy the weight room as well so were you an early grower like did you have like were you 6'3 when you were in like high school and stuff so I think in like sophomore year high school is probably about 6'3 and 160 pounds so I went yeah so I just had to (laughs) I was always taller than just had to add on the weight so Well, mentioned coming to a new place, like you're here in Rockford getting to re-sign, um, you know, good good to be back, you know, good for you to have some stability and such. But when you come to a new team, what's the communication like with other guys? Um, like I know hockey's a, you know, pretty close community, right? Yeah. Like a lot of players on different teams know each other. How much are you communicating with, with old teammates, past teammates, guys you just know through Instagram and, and what have you, like about what a place is like? You know, I think that's what, like you said, you kind of try to use all your all your outlets to try to find somebody to. I always sort of try to find just like one guy to try to get in with, and then like from there, you're gonna start to meet other people. And I, my, with my personality, I like to try to be friendly and meet meet the guys and just try to get to know everybody. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I know it's hard when you go to a new team. There's a bunch of new faces. Luckily, like you said, with how small the hockey world is, you'll hopefully at least know somebody. Yeah. But like, I think that's the big thing is like trying to find just different ways to get your foot in the door with somebody and then kind of go from there, let your personality out. And yeah. Hopefully it's, they like it. <laughs> now with, uh, with like coming to a new team, was there ever a time where you got to a new place, but you had heard in advance like, oh, like there's some weird stuff going on there or like something's not right or, or something's bad? You know, luckily I've never had that, okay. and I don't want to deal with that either because that's just that's a tough scenario to go in. But I think when you're hearing that type of stuff too, I think you got to take it with a grain of salt. And when you go in, you can you can try to be a positive influence on it, or you can go in and just ride along with it and just deal with it. Which yeah. that's not the best way to do go about it, I think. But 
I think there's definitely changes you can make to try to help something if you're going into a bad situation. Sure. Well, you're coming back into Rockford. What do you think that you need to do this year to to be a constant contributor uh, in the lineup with the Ice Hawks? You know, I I think last year coming in, I tried to I really tried to develop my 200 foot game and show that I can be trusted off it or trusted all over the ice and I think this year it's going to be more of that and just sticking up for teammates and hopefully establishing a little bit of a scoring touch too yeah <laughs> yeah I think you, you said to me in passing like I'm going to shoot the puck yeah this year. I'm Is shooting that, the puck yeah I need to Did, were you were you like giving up opportunities last year you think or I think I mean here it's hockey's a big confidence game and I think you can you can get to the position to shoot the puck mm-hmm. and sometimes if you're just not feeling right or you just don't have the confidence you're not going to take the shot when it is there so I think that's something I've worked a lot on the summer is just trying to be confident in myself and make sure you get the puck to the net <laughs> we're uh, recording this here in, in training camp what uh, how, how big is this week for you and how big is it for guys who are trying to prove themselves like do you feel like there's opportunity within training camp prior to the start of the season to to like change a coach's perception of you yeah no I definitely think so I mean Heck, we wouldn't have training camp or, like, we wouldn't have this if there weren't spots to be won, you know? Right. So I think there's definitely spots to be won, and you can really, if you come in and have a good attitude and show, like, hey, I'm, I'm here to do this, yeah. I think you can change their minds a bit. Yeah. Uh, we also have some AHL preseason games coming up. In your experience, what are those preseason games like in terms of intensity? Because look, we both know yeah. that guys are trying to make spots and yeah. stuff like that. No, like, I mean, here with – with my career, I've only actually my two years with Cleveland. Well, the COVID year we didn't have any preseason, and then the season after with Cleveland we didn't have any preseason either for some yeah. reason, which was which was crazy to yeah. me. And then last year with Hartford, I get, I played in one, and like you said, the intensity's high. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to get, they're fighting for jobs. Does it feel know? like a real game? Yeah. I don't, well, yes and no. I mean, there's obviously a little bit of chaos with people learning new systems right. and trying to play that way, but there's definitely a lot of intensity with guys trying to make a name for themselves as well. Yeah. Well, Zach, we appreciate you taking the time here and uh, here in the middle of camp. We look forward to, to seeing you throughout the season. Anything besides the more uh, the more shooting that we should be looking for out of you? <laughs> I mean, uh, just trying to get play with my size, 6'3", trying to get up and down the ice as fast as I can and lay some body too. <laughs> All right. Well, Zach, we look forward to seeing you in action, my friend. Yeah. And thanks and uh, good luck the rest of the way here in camp. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Big thanks to Zach for jumping on with us and, uh, and having a great chat. If you, uh, if you don't have your tickets already, if you're not a season ticket holder and you're just looking to come to a few games, which we hope that you come to more, but if you're just looking to come to one or two, we do have single game tickets available now. And so single game tickets, uh, they went live on Monday. And so uh, go to icehogs.com and start to pick out your games. We have a lot of fun ones opening night just around the corner coming up on the 21st against the Chicago Wolves that Doug from Byron so boldly predicted Rockford would win 10 of 12 against. Um, We also have the season opener coming up in uh, a week's time, which is crazy to say, just over a week if you're listening to this on Wednesday. 13th and 14th, we will be in San Jose, taking on the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, so those are the first two games, Ice Hogs starting out on the road. Another thing for the preseason games coming up, we are planning on having a Mixler broadcast for those games. So you can get to that Mixler broadcast on uh, icehogs.com on the Listen Live button, or you can get to it on the Listen Live tab on the Ice Hogs app as well. Uh, but we are planning on having a, um, a broadcast for that. Uh, myself and Benny G, uh, Ben Gislason, we're going to be on the broadcast for uh, the first preseason game uh, tonight. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
Ben is the voice of the Iowa Wild, so it's kind of a joint broadcast between um, myself and him. Really excited for that because he is really fun to listen to. He has been great to me as I've come into the, the AHL here. And if you listen to a Ben Gislason broadcast, you will learn something new about the team that he's calling. You will probably be entertained and you will probably also learn a new word as well. So I'm excited to do all three of those things on when, or tonight with him. Uh, I'll probably give him the second period and then I'll take the, the first and third. Um, but we're going to be kind of joining forces on the broadcast um, uh, tonight for, for game one. And then uh, on game two of the preseason on Friday, we'll have a broadcast. That'll just be me, though. Um, sorry. But uh, we'll have those for you on Mixler. And then we'll be back to your normally scheduled programming of – uh, the games on Mixler, on AHL TV, and on Circle TV as well once we start the, uh, the regular season coming up. Again, that starts on the 13th in San Jose. But we hope to see all of you tonight at uh, Riverview Ice House. And if you can't make it, again, tune in on, on Mixler as well. And we will, we will talk to you then, and we will see you in a couple weeks' time for the next installment of Hog Talk.